podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Terrestrial TV is a dead duck. And who watches a dead duck? Not even its mother. She just flies off depressed. <laughs> I'm going to show you an example now of uh, the kind of sell-through video that I make. By the way, there are some strobe effects in this, so uh, please, any epileptics, get out now. <laughs> because statistically, one of you is. And two of you are gay. <laughs> but by the way, guys, if you are gay, please remember, rubber up. <laughs> At your age, it's still illegal. You don't end up in prison. Because some of those guys don't care how old you are. <laughs> or if you're gay. <laughs> OK, now, this was filmed two years ago, and I have let myself go a little. <laughs> What a video. <laughs> Hi, I'm Alan Partridge, and I drive a car, but not like this. Let's have a look at what this idiot did in America. <laughs> Thankfully, that man was plastic. You can stop giggling or I'll take down your particulars. <laughs> but what if he hadn't been? <laughs> Hello, good evening and welcome to this week's Morning Podcast, the only rugby podcast that brings you all the news, views and opinion on the weekend's rugby action or with a West Country accent. You can find us on Twitter. We are at Moreover Podcast. We are Moreover Rugby Podcast on Facebook. You can find all of our content. There's lots of other rugby-related stuff on ruck.co.uk. We've recently changed podcast hosts, so you can find us on Anchor as well as Apple Podcasts and lots of other... um, We're on Spotify now as well. Lots of other uh, podcast apps and podcast locations or whatever podcast pod catcher you use you should be able to find us there which is good um i'm joined this week by ben and the lensman how you doing gents good evening also good evening and uh i'm fresh from uh well what must have been a fantastic day out at twickenham on saturday it's james from rugby saracens again how you doing james Good evening, very well, thank you very much. Really, really enjoyed Saturday. <laughs> yeah, I, I bet you did. Um, unfortunately, Heather can't join us. She's uh, travelling to Vietnam and she's probably a little bit, uh, well, didn't want to didn't want to uh, take the barrage of abuse that she may have received from you, James. We all know how, uh, how much of an angry winner you are. So, um... <laughs> no, I, I thought I'd come on and just get the abuse from Doug instead. So. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> um at least you can get the the abuse in person you yeah. know over over the podcast this time um so yeah um right well let's get into the the premiership final then um the only real game of the weekend obviously there was the england barbars and the red roses versus the barbars ben you would have hated every minute of that but we'll uh we'll maybe have a little bit of a chat about that a bit later on um prem final exeter versus saracens Followed a similar sort of pattern. Well, followed certainly a similar start to um, 
Saracen's game against Gloucester the week before. Exeter scoring literally after, what was it, about 30 or 40 seconds, Ben? Yeah, I think it was 27 seconds, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, yeah, it was right off the kickoff. Yeah, Cruz missed it, didn't he? And then yeah. a couple of phases and, and Nick White goes over. Um, all that seemed to succeed in doing really was was anger Saracens, um, who came straight back into it uh, with a try from Jamie George. Um, first of all, James, from your perspective... How did you uh, how did you like the way that Saracens set up on Saturday? We we talked about the week before uh whether there'd be any changes. Um I don't believe Mark McCall made any changes and Barrett started, which we didn't think he was gonna do. Um yeah, what did you what did you make of, of Saracens starting on uh, on Saturday? Yeah, you know, I was absolutely delighted to see Barrett starting. Um I mean, just a miracle man, terminator, whatever we want to call him, but it's just in- incredible to see him out there. Um, I think there was a change on the bench, just one one change on the bench. Um, but you no, know, so really delighted to see the lineup. Um, you know, the, the bench looked less experienced. Certainly, the front row replacements looked less, far less experienced than um, the extra front row, which I think you talked about last week. Um, so, you know, a good good lineup to start with. Uh, Twenty seven seconds in, it seemed a little bit more wobbly. I have to say. Yeah, um, but like I say, Darrison's did come almost straight back into it. Henry Slade going to the bin. Um, it was, well, it was epic stuff then, wasn't it? It just flowed. It was tight. It was open, if that makes any sense. It was just an absolute toe-to-toe ding-dong battle right from that first, you know, first 30 seconds. Yeah, it was, it was probably one of the best finals um, that they've had there. Um, you'd have to say Exeter were the best team other than that five minutes you mentioned just after their first try for the first hour. They they pretty much dominated the game and they were winning collisions. Um, they kind of nullified the Saracens kicking attack. I think they probably watched um, Austin Healy's uh, segment before the game because Nick White had got himself into into position to just pick up all the scraps almost every time. Um, and he was brilliant. He was just a real irritant. He was a typical scrum half all game. Um, and, you know, exited pretty much. I thought they were home and hosed. I thought Saracens just looked beaten when Slade scored, but um, they had other ideas. Yeah, that must have been... Um... <sighs> A pretty tense first half for you, James, as a, as a Saracens fan. So Jamie George scoring penalty from Farrell and then Spencer going over. So 15 minutes, you know, Saracens are a 13-7 up. Things are going pretty well, even though Exeter are, are, are sort of dominating. But that that middle period from 20 minutes onwards, Exeter seemed to just step up another gear. Yeah, definitely. I and mean, particularly Jack Noel. I mean, you know, just incredible performance. Sort of um, certainly man of the first half. Uh, by a long shot, you know, just uh, every time he got the ball, he looked dangerous and slipping through gaps that weren't there. Um, looked very nervous. You know, we seem to sort of have that thing where we, you sort of, did he keep, do, are we kicking towards him or is he just brilliantly positioning? Because the ball seemed to be like a magnet to him and he was just running back at us. So n- nervous. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty confident the whole game thinking we could do it, um, but um, just slightly nervous with, with, towards the end of the first half. 
Ben, was... you're a, uh, a fullback. I was going to say about about Noel's positioning. I, th- I think I'd have to watch it again. What what they were talking about before the game was that they put it right down, almost down the throat of the fullback or the winger that they're they're targeting, because you know. At our level of rugby, if it's down your throat, that's the easiest one to take. But at, at their level of rugby, because the ball goes so much higher and the chase is so much better, they're then not able to get so high off the ground. Um, and Noel seemed to avoid that, whether he was standing somewhat deeper or, you know, if, if Exeter had really looked at the film, I'd have to watch the game again. But as soon as he got hold of the ball, he, he was just impossible to put down. And he must have met broken four tackles in in one phase of play at one stage and it doesn't often happen against Saracens because they hit people very hard and there were still some massive hits going in from both sides in this game but there was a lot of broken tackles um almost as good as um Noel was Devoto as well mm-hmm. um I thought he had an excellent game um but you know it's just, it was just a shame that Noel had to go off on you know he's he's on crutches now because he oh. he really did play I'm not I wouldn't say I'd be a hundred percent convinced of him as a international fullback under the high ball, but I, I think I'm more so than daily. So if if the position is still up for um, up for grabs, I think Eddie Jones was in the crowd and he he probably saw something that made him have a little think, of, uh, you know, to himself. Certainly, probably not the only one as well, because Dave Ewers had a fantastic game as well. Yeah. Doug, yeah, are we just going to skim over the yellow card? No, no, we'll go back. What Slade's yellow card? Yeah, yeah. Go on. What, I, what do you want to say about it? it? I've just seen it now. It's nonsense. Yeah, it it's some it is something and nothing, isn't it? Well, the, it's, it's a, a deliberate knock on, though, isn't it? Well, he, he didn't hardly look like there was any contact with the ball at all. But if it's any, some it's some contact, and that's the thing. Isn't it? He pushes it forward. You know, there's one one player on the outside. It's marginal. You know, I was a bit surprised because right in front of us, it was marginal. I would have thought whether Noel could have got across. And obviously, that's what Wayne Barnes decided in the end that he Noel would have got across and would have made a tackle. It's pretty pretty close though. Mm. I mean, I don't I don't like these cards and penalties for deliberate knock-ons just because they've gone with one hand because I think a lot of these players are good enough to catch the ball one-handed. Um, and it was, I think you're right, Doug, it was quite a marginal um, touch, but it, it certainly took it away from the winger, who you know, would have been very close to scoring. Um, I, I just, thought I... It, it yeah. definitely, you know, it definitely made a difference to the game. I mean, it cost X to 13 points. But you see them given. You've seen them given all year, haven't you? Uh, yeah, it's bollocks, and I hate it. But there you go. I thought Doug was going to be talking about the marrow yellow card. Um, I haven't got that far yet. <laughs> I'll, full, be, I'll be honest. Full, dis- full, full disclosure: I was uh, I was at Australia against uh, Afghanistan. Who were they playing? Afghanistan, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I was there, so I haven't seen the game yet. Oh well. Okay. Well, I tell you, you mentioned so, it, so, so yeah. Uh, I mean, that, that's not true, actually. I saw the last 15 minutes because the last 15 minutes coincided with the interval of the cricket. So I've watched that bit. <laughs> that's the important every, bit. Everything up to then, everything up to then that uh, involves Saracens may be furious. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's, let's talk about the, the Maro um, 
yellow card then. I mean, he gave away, I think, I think his penalty count was five throughout the whole entire game. Um, is that a wor- I mean, is that a worry or is it the fact that he just plays on the edge, James? Well, I think it's not so much worry, but I think it is certainly a thing he's got to learn from. You know, that it's refs, you get, you get a reputation, refs will start looking for it more. And, you know, he does play right on the edge. That is obviously part of the game. He's trying to press, trying to press hard. But refs are obviously looking for it more as well um, because, you know, lots of media, lots of refs will have, will have spotted that that is obviously um, uh, an issue. And I think, you know, he, he got spotted. And he, he and he will continue to do so, won't he? Because he's got this reputation of someone who gives away a lot of a lot of penalties. I think if you look, if you look at someone like Richie McCaw, everyone thinks that he got away with a lot, but he also got pinged a lot as well. But he did so much illegal that it looked like he got away with everything. And I think Marrow's kind of in that sort of um, in that sort of bracket of player where he does so much that's naughty that he gets away yeah. with a lot but he also gets pinged a lot yeah there was only one i would say was uh what what, what would the phrase be accidental um there was one where he, he made a tackle and then kind of just didn't roll away quick enough and and it didn't look like he'd done it on purpose but you know the yellow card was given away i think i think barnes said it was a third potential penalty offense he'd given away in inside the 22 well most, I think most coaches would be quite happy with players slowing the ball down inside the 22. It just so happened that Exeter were playing well enough, or not well enough, so well, that they really took advantage of it. I think, you know, most against most opposition, Saracen's defence would back themselves to not not lose more than three or six, six points, um, went down to 14. But, you know, Exeter were just playing with, um, a, you know, a lot of precision and a lot of fury as well. And that that twenty minutes, well, really to half time from Atoje's yellow card, they were the only team in it. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and we mentioned Knowles breaking the tackles and, ru- and running earlier. I mean, the the ground he made for Johnny Hill's try, especially. I mean, Exeter manipulated the ball around the field really, really well. But Jack Knoll getting through the gain line, breaking tackles. Um, to give Johnny Hill that space was just, you know, it, it was world class Saturday from Jack Noll, absolutely. Yeah, I saw that. Um, you know, I know his uh, favourite Stephen Jones gave him ten out of ten. You know, and that's on seventy minutes, and I think um, fully deserved. He's, inc- you know, it was um, a big difference that last ten without him. It's not like um, Stephen Jones to be entirely complimentary about people, is it? That's, he probably that's blocked him anyway. Yeah, I would imagine so. Oh, he doesn't block high-profile people, mate, or important people. He just blocks minions who dare to disagree with his single-minded viewpoint on rugby. Um, so, X to go in at halftime, uh, 22-16 up. A um, couple of substitutions at halftime from Saracens. James Brett, uh, Brett, Brad Barrett off for Tompkins and Spencer uh, and Rigglesworth swap places. Um were you expecting a little bit more from Tompkins and Rigglesworth than, than what they produced, especially in that early part of the second half? I don't know. I mean, I think, um, you know, you're up against a fantastic side. You know, you're coming on. It, it's sort of quite a pressurised situation. It was disappointing to see Barrett come off. Um, 
But, uh, you know, I thought Wigglesworth played really well when he came on and Tom Teams did his job. Yeah, I, I think I think Wigglesworth might have been a little bit later than that because Spencer got a knock, didn't he? Yeah. Um, I thought it was just after half time. It wasn't long after, but um, that, that period after half time was, was almost the most, it's probably the tensest part of the match because Saracens, without ever looking at their best, kind of knocked on Exeter's door a little bit. Um, there was also a, a point where um, Exeter got a penalty and put it down in the corner and Cruz managed to get up and steal the ball. Mm. Um, and I think if Exeter had scored then, then that would have put a whole different complexion on the game. And there was a sort of 10, 15 minute spell where the game really was in the balance. But then Exeter scored and it was a great try. The one where um, Slade made the, the opportunity with a great pass and then followed it up to score off uh was it skinner with the offload and i i genuinely thought saracens were, were dead and buried they they look beaten even you know their their facial expressions which, which you don't really see and exeter were just you know really on it and they 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 look like winners at the time um but i think wigglesworth once he came on saracens did start to get on top of the kicking game again whether he's just a little bit more accurate than spencer on the day or if they, they maybe changed the tactics a little bit. But um, I thought he did make a difference. They seemed to go much quicker, I thought, um, watching it live, much quicker to the kick with Wigglesworth coming on. You know, that as a tactic of, let's guys, we've got to get control of this. We've got to gain the territory. Um, I think Spencer is this fantastic attacking force. Um, but Wigglesworth just has that edge on the thing else. He's, you know, he's got 10 years or more on him. Yeah. Well, I think you were losing a lot more collisions than than you normally would. So keeping the ball for any length of time wasn't really working. Yeah. Um, and and you know perhaps he saw that from the bench. Sometimes it's handy to watch a game from the bench before coming on. Um, and I, you know, he did. Um, I thought make a little bit of a difference. Yeah, it's it's so. I say unfortunate. It's unfortunate for the Exeter fans. Um, Liam Williams then stepped up, scored a, scored a good try, with then Maitland following that up a few minutes later as well. And that's where Saracens really started to get on top, James. You know, where they were they were really, really pressing down the door at that point. Yeah, massively. Well, I thought it was interesting. I think it was Slade that scored for Exeter. Um, and then the restart, it's as if Saracens went into another gear, a higher gear. The speed picked up again, the pace, and that, that, that play through for the... Um, uh, Williams was it the Williams try after that? But you know the, the, the pace for the score after that was tremendous. It, it, it was as if they, you know they had flipped a switch. Really, um, determination, a res, you know, resolve, resolve not to, to to go any further behind. You know, I think that was the point they went eleven behind before. Yeah, I, th- I think I think they did go up a gear, and I think that between it was it was sort of the leadership sort of positions with um, Farrell. Wigglesworth and Atoje, they they did pick pick a gear up for, uh, and they almost sort of carried Saracens through sort of by the scruff of the neck. I, I didn't think Atoje had had his best game up to the hour mark, but for the last 20 minutes, he was incredible. He was everywhere. Um, you know, and, and Wigglesworth even uh, he used Billy uh, he used Billy as a sort of decoy, and and even he made a sort of 30 yard break. It was um, just a real momentum shift, and I. 
whether it was just willpower or if there was a any sort of more subtle tactical shifts i'm, I'm not 100 percent sure you know but something because well, i happened. can't tell it was it extra suddenly thought we've got this and just skipped a bigger concentration and allowed Saris to run back run back up um I, I wouldn't have thought so because they looked so focused um they did they lost white didn't they um, yeah, I was just going to mention that 15 minutes yes. or so left, like 20 minutes or so left, and, and Nick White came off, and that was that would have been a big a big blow for Exeter. Definitely, and uh, yeah, it just that was a blow, and and I know the momentum had already shifted, but once Noel went off, you know, both sides by that point were sort of filling gaps with whatever they had left. So you had Stinks and sort of shoveled in at fullback and. Um, didn't um, didn't Saracens have the hooker in the yeah, back row? Replacement hooker came up. Replacement hooker came on for back row. Mike Rhodes, um, Wollstonecroft, which was a bit sort of mystifying in the stands, thinking what the, what's going on? We're bringing bringing him on. Um, uh, but you know, it's, I think what was remarkable is when they brought Adams Hale on. Ralph Adams Hale, you know, academy guy. He's got his first appearance this year, and you've got an uh, on loan prop. Um, on the other side, Christian Judge and uh, not alone, Jamie. Not. Well, not well, it was at that point. Um, and uh, you know, it was they won the first penalty after that, which was up against effectively in England front row, which was you know shows the, ta- the talent coming through, but also the confidence perhaps in the game. Is, is Adams Hale God, the young lad? Nauseating, isn't it? Yeah, the redhead, the red, the redhead guy. Yeah, he did well, and you know, just. You know, um, there was a, a tackle um, Lazowski put in on Simmons, knocked him backwards, and just it just started to shift for that last 15. You know, even even Ewers were starting to struggle to make ground. But, you know, either either side winning that game, you know, would have felt that they'd been in a real battle. It was just a good, great game, I think. Mm. Yeah, and, and disappointing, disappointing for Exeter. Um However, like obviously James, you were there. It looked like a an incredible day out. Great weather, great support from fans across the Premiership and beyond. Yeah. Um, and yeah, a real a, a tremendous advert for Premiership rugby. Well, it was yeah, it was lovely. I mean, you know, the weather like that massively helps. Um, but uh, you know, it it, it is um, fascinating to see the how many shirts of other clubs, whether they be Premiership clubs or Championship or just local clubs you see as you walk around it is you know it is the end of season party for premiership rugby i know that's how they want to sort of promote it but it does feel like that as you go around gallagher did a lot of promote there's a lot of promotional activity from gallagher um and land rover's got their you know massive promotional stuff outside as well um lots of good good food and drink and a big stage outside with um two other podcasters um uh hosting that one tim cocker and um andy good Oh, Andy Good, Andy Good does a podcast. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Um, two supposedly boring sides sharing ten tries. Um, Thirty-four, thirty-seven is is quite ironic, Doug, isn't it? No, I don't think you understand irony, Russ. I did do. you see? Did you see the Exeter tries? It's like rain on your wedding day, isn't it? Did it but did you see them? I did, yeah. They, they were hardly barbarians in the seventies, were they? 
Yeah, but just just because tries don't no, but mate, you're conflating tries with entertainment, and we discussed that last week, and it's not true. No, I think there's more than one way to skin a cat. Yeah, I mean, the way you're suggesting is the wrong way. At least two of the tries were superb. I mean, them handling for Exeter beautifully through the hands and scoring in the corners. Yeah, uh, it Johnny, wasn't, it Johnny wasn't just a front row grunt, grunt up from five yards. Yeah. Okay, they were all brilliant tries. It was a wonderful game. <laughs> You're such a martyr. Um, <laughs> no, but, you know, Rob Baxter said last week that, you know, people focus on the, the Exeter catcher drive and... and phase after phase after phase on, on the goal line or, or whatever. But they seem to forget what good play has got them to that position in the first place. You know, and just because they choose to go down that route um, means that, you know, they are they are labelled as boring. And similarly, Saracen's kicking game and kick chase game actually pushes teams back so that then later on in, in games, they, they can open up and, and do what it is they actually do. Yeah. yeah, no, I, mean, I think you know, there's, there was some great attacking play on both teams. There also some, you know, uh, unexpected um, weakness in some of the defence, you know, missed tackles on both sides that I don't think you're expecting to see whether that's because they were both pushing harder. They're both two very good teams. Um, you know, it was certainly it, it, a massively entertaining occasion to be at and the crowd atmosphere was really good. Um uh, seem to be good, good numbers on for both both sides, supporters, but you know just thousands of others just coming there for the party. Yeah, um, which leads me on to my my main point about all this that um, you know extra have won the league four years in a row, and yet have only won the trophy once, and the sham, the absolute sham of a playoff system when you have twenty two league games in a season to decide who's the best. It's utter nonsense. It's utter, utter nonsense. And you describe it as a party, James. It's a party for the Premiership Rugby to just make more money. That's the sole reason for it. I hate everything about it. Extra are clearly the best side over the course of a season. Now, you may argue that's because Saracens lose a load of players to England. Well, tough. You know, you, you know, you know the, you know the, you know the deal with that. So, you know, and it's not like you can't just go out and, you know poach everybody else's best players anyway the the whole deal with this playoffs is <laughs> we can't utter, utter salary caps. <laughs> uh, don't get me started on that because you know we all know that you're fiddling it everyone knows you're <laughs> fiddling it just in the same way that everyone knew that john gotti was a mob boss but you know because he wore flashy suits and that everyone just went oh yeah he's all right don't worry about his you know mafia connections or whatever everyone knows that saracens are cheating Everyone, the only people that won't admit it are Saracens fans. We all know that and we're all cool with it. But the fact is, Sar- Saracens have not won the league for four years because Exeter have. And you, the, the problem Exeter have got and they will always have is that Saracens have got big game players that can turn it on for moments exactly like they were in on, on Saturday. And that, that doesn't necessarily make them the best team. It makes them the best team in the big moments. The best team over the course of 22 games was Exeter. They won the league by a landslide and they took their foot off the pedal after 18 games. Uh, I, I hate What's this the playoff format system. Of the, season? The, the format of the season. Why bother keeping a league? Ta- why bother even keeping points? Just do a win-loss record if it matters. If it doesn't matter, just do win-loss like the NFL because then points matter. What's, you know... 
what tell me what the point of the league system is there is none just have a, a giant knockout at the beginning of the season have a round robin where everyone plays each other once and then have a knockout what's but the point of flogging the what's the point of flogging the players for 22 games if it all comes down to five minutes on a saturday in june but isn't the point of the season that you know you are working towards those playoffs you are from the start working towards so maybe you can ease up with some of those games in between because you know that if you drop drop the odd game into the odd loss or that you know another player goes off to England no, mate, I'm not I'm not expecting you to agree up. with me because your team has benefited over this consistently over the years as did Wasps previously completely and I completely agree I, I just don't believe that the reward that like at least have some kind of tangible we, we've gone over this countless times have some kind of tangible award that you can look at and say we've won the league and then have this you know fucking bullshit playoff system where you get a big trophy at the end of it and everyone turns up in their own club shirts let's let's do that and you can have that and you you know fair play but there, there has to be some kind of benefit otherwise just stop keeping score just do a win-loss record and the team teams with the most wins go to the playoffs I think what you mentioned about the England, I think that is quite a big thing that if you're losing that, that's the cons, part of the reason to have playoffs is because in rugby for the diary reasons, but still seems quite bizarre. We continue to play international games at the same time as premiership games for those windows. And, you know, it's a way of, of clubs that are able to, don't, to provide a lot of England players not to lose out. Uh, on that and you're also gearing the season towards that playoff playoff those playoff games so you know yeah Exeter did ease off ease off a little bit towards the end um, but you know the semi-final they were straight back on it again so it's not as if they just descended into fast towards the end of the year well look I'm, I'm hereby declaring from this moment forward I do not recognise the winner of the playoffs the league the league winner for me now will forever be and will always be the team that is top of the league after 22 games. Oh, by way, Saracens, I'll recognise it. But do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go and buy a trophy. I'm going to go and buy a trophy and I'm going to post it to the Exeter Chiefs and say league winners. It's going to have the league winners written on the bottom of it. It's going to be the Dougie Andrews Award for Premiership Rugby League Table Leaders <laughs> at the end of 22 games and I'm, I'm going to do it and I'm going to give it to every team that finishes top of the league from now until the end of time. And I, I want you to, to go and buy that trophy, please. sham. Please post that. Premiership Rugby Playoffs. Exeter I aren't allowed you... until they change their shirts back to the old school ones. <laughs> I, I want to see this trophy. I want to see you buy one and I want to see you get it engraved. I'm going to. I'm going to do it. And I want you to, to post it to Exeter. And then with the request, with a cover note that says in um, whatever time next year, in March next year, would you kindly post me this trophy back so I can then reallocate it to the league winners next year? Now, if that's you, obviously you'll get it straight back. But, you know. Yep. And I'll even give it to Saracens if they finish top. <laughs> and then they can all dance around it like fucking schoolboys in the changing rooms. It's, it's... Do you remember when two years ago when we went to the final, Russ? Do, yeah. do you remember that? 
didn't we give some bloke absolute pelters for being a killjoy for coming up with the exact same argument Doug's just come out with? I don't know. I don't remember. Who was that? Do we... I don't know. It was someone on Twitter and we even went to the trouble of taking a selfie because we were having such a good time and, and Doug was in it. It's utter, utter nonsense that you can be 15 points or whatever Sar- Saracens were. How many points were Saracens beyond Exeter? 11, wasn't it? 11 points. Two full bonus point wins behind. And because they play better for 20 minutes on a Saturday, they win the league. I don't completely disagree with you, Doug. Um, I do think that um, Saracen's probably God, would have been... Farrell's face pisses me off. <laughs> his forehead his forehead is slowly encroaching on his cheeks, isn't it? It's like his forehead's melting down his face and slowly becoming conjoined with his cheeks. Hate, <laughs> I just cannot stand them. Oh, Alex Sanderson as well. I'm going to turn this off because my piss is starting to boil. <laughs> is that Alex Sanderson, Coach of the Year in the, uh, the Rugby Coach Paper Awards? Coach of the Year. Self-promoter of the year. Honestly. Got a better tip PR team than Trump, that fella. Ben, you were going to, uh, you were going to say something. Uh, I, <laughs> I can't even remember what I was going to say now. Um, yeah, I think I do think that probably some of the teams that have won it in the past have sort of managed their season a little bit. Um, but I, the playoffs, it is a bit of a strange sort of curate's egg because you get the semi-finals, which uh, might as well not always, happen. Yeah, they're almost always pointless. I mean, what what was the points difference in both of them this year? You know, they were scored forty-four, nineteen, forty-two, twelve, wasn't it? So, I think the last team to actually not finish first or second to win the Premiership were Saracens, right? Yeah, we came fourth and won it last year. Mate, you didn't come fourth last year, did you? Uh, yeah, hang on, let me look. Um, I think it was the year you beat, you beat Saints in the semis at the Garden. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Uh, you might have blocked that out of your memory. Um, 2014. No, I, was there. I didn't block it out of my memory. Was that the year you beat Bath in the final? Burger just tackled everything with his face. <laughs> uh, actually, I think we came second last year. It must might have been the year before we came fourth. But that um, the year you beat Bath in the final. Was that the? Uh, yeah, 2015. You're right. It's 20, uh, 2015, 2016. Um, I think 2015 we came fourth. It's sort of yeah, 2015. 2015 came fourth. Northampton Saints uh, came top. Uh, that yeah, league. So we won the league in 2014. But not, not the year. No, 2014, you lost it. You won the trophy, but not the league. So I, I don't know if the, if the answer is. I think there's definitely definitely a case that the team that wins the league should get a trophy. Yeah, definitely. Um, probably a better one than Doug's going to buy. <laughs> I don't know what your budget is, Doug, but... Upwards of £10. <laughs> can, it, can it be... Um, is that inclusive... inclusive? Of engraving and PMP. Can it be one of those with a little man playing snooker? <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Or I might go to my nans and find something pewter and send that. Do you know what? I've, I've got this image, right, of, um, of Exeter winning it this year and then next year they don't win it. But instead of sending it back, it's like the end of Top Gun. Rob Baxter just goes down to the sea and just throws <laughs> the trophy into the sea. <laughs> Of of a Vexmouth Harbour. Yeah. <laughs> I would enjoy that. 
Um, I'm going to so... do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm going to do it. I'm going to send them a trophy and say, look, the the Premiership Rugby and the powers that be might not recognise this, but I do. Have a trophy. So, so in addition to that, I don't know if the correct answer is just to have they win the trophy, and then you just have a one-off game, first v second, at Twickenham for a cup. Um, or for the what, I don't the know community, why we're doing this. Co- <laughs> yeah. yeah, the I don't know why we're doing this trophy. Uh, just because I want to go next year. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or get rid of the whatever it's called cup. What do we call that now? Shit cup. Shit cup. Yeah, yeah. Just get rid of it. Finish the league season a month earlier and have you, the top your eight. Your sentence could have just finished like <laughs> yeah. at the end of get rid of it. Yeah. <laughs> Finish the season early and have the top eight playoff. I mean, obviously, it's there's already a game, playoff. But... It takes twenty two games, and then <laughs> at the end of those twenty two games, there is a team at the top. <laughs> Rewarding consistency. Imagine, imagine winning the league. Yeah. Imagine getting to the final, like, like in the Premiership football, Liverpool, Man City, Tottenham, and Chelsea, and Liverpool winning the league for finishing second. It just, it would never happen, would it? Yeah. Are their fans really mildly more bearable than Saracens fans? <laughs> oh shit! I don't know about that. <laughs> That's a really, really tough call. Nothing personal. I, what I really like is all the like pity tweets from ex Saracens fans to the Exeter fans, like trying to be uh, like super humble. Like you're not super humble. We all know what the deal is, but you know you're doing those tweets because you feel like you should. You know, we all know what you're saying behind closed doors. <laughs> Bless. I, I, re- Bless. I can't tell if it's the wine or just the natural demeanour that's colouring his view. <laughs> Uh, it's Saracens, James. <laughs> so, but what that does is it brings the curtain down on another Premiership season. Um, I will say congratulations to Saracens for winning the Premiership final. Congratulations to Exeter. Look forward to your um, the Dougie Andrews Award for finishing top of the league and being the most consistent team over 22 games of a Premiership season award. Um, was that about right, perhaps Doug? People could, perhaps people can um, sort of tweet in pictures of cups that uh, <laughs> Doug could give, give to them. Yeah, I, I'm game for that. I am. I'm absolutely game for that. Um, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Some yeah, there must be some brilliant trophies tucked away in people's cupboards, like the 1974. Wells Somerset Euchre League or something like that. <laughs> do they play they don't they don't place Euchre in Somerset, do they? I don't know, do they? Bridge then. Yeah, bridge. Crib. Yeah. Um yeah, so Premiership is done and dusted. That's it. Any more to talk about the game? Any more anything you more uh, want to talk well, about? Just on, on Doug's point. So with Northampton finishing thirty points behind Exeter. Was that just then totally pointless, the semi-final? Yes. <laughs> I said so last week. I said we were going to get an arsing. We shouldn't have been there this year. We were there because everyone else in the league is shit. <laughs> it's facts. Yeah. There are only two teams that can win the league every year. I don't know why we do this. I don't know what... I don't know the point. I don't know what the point of the whole thing is. Just have the final in September and let's just... 
you know, we can all have a winter off. <laughs> well, next, next year it's in June, June 20th, June 22nd or something. We stretch it's all ludicrous. the way towards yeah. July next year. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so the it, World Cup. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, the Premiership doesn't actually start until like October, does it? Is that right? June the 20th. June the 20th is my birthday, just throwing that out there. <laughs> and and is that you you know you you want in birthday presents to go to the uh to the premiership final ben i'm sure yeah. doug will come with you i mean it's, yeah doug, I, I mean doug, I, doug's there, I, don't, be there isn't I he? don't know what tournament you're talking about <laughs> <laughs> what is this playoff of which you speak <laughs> it's a strange thing that excites the league winners <laughs> I mean the own the yeah no it's yeah I'm not going right I'm okay I'm uh, unless somebody wants to pay me to work on those games I am refusing to be in any way involved in them so this time next year it's just you two and Phil and maybe James when Saracens win it again but I'm out. I'm out on these games. Is this like one of those Steve Redgrave moments when, you know, if you see me at a premiership final, you've got permission to shoot me moments, is it? No, 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 because you won't see me at one. Unless I'm being paid. If Northampton get there next year, you can refuse the tickets. Uh, 100%. I'm out on them. I'm out on this uh, this whole shambles. I'm out, I'm out on it. Doug, Doug's season's finishing after 22 games. Exactly. Dylan Hartley, I can see it now. Dylan Hartley with the Premiership trophy, just looking around. Well, it's, it's, nicer if, if, it's, if it's, Dylan, it's not even. It's not even worth it. If Dylan Hartley the wins, wins the uh, who? What are we going to call this trophy? We need a good name for the trophy as well. Tweet us uh, in a name. The 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 Chinese Lensman Memorial Award for glorious victory over the course of twenty two games, otherwise known as a league. Trophy. The Premiership final trophy can just be the absolute shambles. Why are we doing this trophy? Done. <laughs> Dylan Hartley would be more proud to lift my my pot than he will any 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 cup that they get to. It's breaking it is news. Twentieth of June. Twentieth of June next year. Twenty twenty twenty. Um, Ben's birthday. Premiership final. Seeing Bath v Northampton, perhaps. Um, that ain't, that ain't happening. Let's just <laughs> let's just put that out there. <laughs> if it is Bath versus Southampton, it's definitely not going to be Bath versus Southampton, no. is it? No, Bath no. v Northampton. If it if the odds settle on that, then maybe Doug will come. If it's Bath against Northampton, I will walk to Twickenham from here and I will stand outside saying, "I stand corrected. This is the greatest tournament in the world." <laughs> to be fair, if if that happens, the the natural disaster that swallowed up London <laughs> and Exeter yeah. would probably, probably have made Twickenham um, inaccessible from Cornwall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh well. So uh, that wasn't the only game at Twickenham this weekend. Um, first of all, let's mention the Bill Beaumont Cup, Bill Beaumont Trophy. Um, so Ex- see, he's still alive. He is. So there's yeah. precedent. So maybe we should just call it the Dougie Andrews Premiership Winners <laughs> Trophy. Okay. Dougie, Dougie Andrews Fake News Cup. It's not fake news. It's actual news. <laughs> Factual news. They, they actually win the league. <laughs> um, but Cornwall beat Cheshire with a last gasp try. 85 minutes on the clock. 
they go over to get them. Uh, I think it was it was made it twelve all, and uh, a kick from a friend of the pod, Matt Shepherd, who has made me look stupid on rugby pitch on several occasions. Um, <laughs> kick the winning uh, kick the winning conversion for Cornwall, um, and they've won belly. it. <laughs> that amongst other things, he just started running. Oh, that's made me chuckle. <laughs> <laughs> just twenty-five minutes into a game, he just stopped everything, just pointed at your belly. <laughs> so yeah, well done uh, to Cornwall. That was fantastic win for them. And the other, there was another couple. Well, it was a couple of games at um, Twickenham on Sunday. It was the Red Roses versus uh, the Barbarians, but also England versus the Barbarians. Now, Ben, I know you, you know, as much as Doug couldn't care less about the Premiership final, allegedly, um, you you can't really care less about a non-cap international friendly match between England and the Barbarians. No, I really can't. Um, but then- I, yeah, I, I'm going to disagree with you, Ben. I love, as, you, as you know, and as is well documented over the history of the All Over podcast, I love both the Barbarians and the Lions, and any game the Barbars play, I, I will watch unless I am otherwise engaged, as I was on Sunday. Um, yes, I do agree that those non-cap internationals are a little bit pointless. They are pointless, but I think that it's it's definitely good to keep that Barbarians brand alive. Yeah. I mean, did you, did you see the absolute banter fest that was Haskell, Ashton and Joe Marler after I, the... I couldn't complete, complete it because I was like violently spewing into a toilet while it was happening. <laughs> there was a lot of criticism for the, the sky coverage of that game that it was just like uh, an episode of, whatever podcast house of rugby is it with Alex Payne and James Haskell, um, just literally bantering each other with Maggie of Alphonse. He stood there looking really awkward. Um, they should play the lions in the run up to the lions test. And they maybe should do, um, warm, world cup warmups against maybe the home internationals, but these sort of tacked on internationals where you, but well, they're not even internationals, are they? They're just finding any England player that's England qualified player that's still standing and throwing them out in front of what, a quarter of a crowd do... at Twickenham. It, it doesn't make any sense to me. The Barbarians picked quite a strong side, and there were players within that England side that you know could potentially be bolt bolters. Tommy Taylor, Ben Curry, um, Don Brandt was. Don Brandt, I mean, I was going to talk about Marcus this because Don Brandt was excellent. Marcus oh, Smith was Marcus also Smith, very good. Yeah. Absolutely, um, and I, I would I would imagine that some of those guys will feature in the warm up games in August. That that would be good. I mean, what it said to me is that it made me it made me think about the Saxons and you know how good that used to be. Saxons tours and and playing Churchill like, Cup, Churchill Cup, yeah, it was brilliant, mm. and it gave opportunities to players to impress at an international level. Yeah, you know, playing. Um, the, was it the Irish Wolfhounds playing USA, playing Canada? You know, it, and you you see some of the players that played on on Sunday for England against the Barbarians, and you know I was really impressed. So we mentioned Smith and Don Brandt; they were the standout names. But Hammersley has had a great season for Newcastle. Um, ben Curry. I mean, imagine just having a clone of a Curry that you could just 
uh, you could just take one off and put another one on. Yeah, the thing is, though, like, if you did pick a Saxon squad, even even then, I think a lot of those players wouldn't be in a Saxon squad. Who? Well, I don't know if Curry would be because you you you'd be thinking of the likes of. I think Fest. the only I think the only reason Curry's not in the England squad is because Eddie's trying to appear to know something that nobody else does. Because I've watched both of those lads play all season, and they are there is no difference that they are both have exactly the same game exactly the same game and you could say identical almost yeah it's almost like they look like each other yeah. um, but yeah they they they're both fantastic players and i don't understand can you sit there honestly ben and tell me that when you watch them play there is a discernible difference between the two i'm not saying that he shouldn't be. I'm just saying, I think in the pecking order of things, he isn't. Um, I, I, I mean, they're both good players. Hey, he, will, so... he will be, surely. You know, he's how old are they? 21? Oh, yeah. They're, the yeah. They're so they're going to be around for a long time. You know, Mark Wilson, you could argue probably post-World Cup. I mean, I don't know how old Mark Wilson is, but he's got to be late 20s, early 30s. You know, Rob, Rob, Shaw, um, Rob Shaw is done. By the looks of things, you know, the likes of then Don Brandt, the likes of the Currys, Underhill, you know, that that's the future of England's back row for the next you know, 10 years at least. Well, it is but until until Eddie Jones goes and then things get changed up again, don't they? Because you, you bring then Armand, Ewers, Kvesic back into the equation. Um, I think you said to me the other day, like, Goode will come back into the fullback equation. Um, you know, I think I'm not sure the... he will. I think James. I don't know about you. Now we've come to good. I th- I think he's potentially might be off in the summer. I don't know if you would say that. No. Um, well, uh, if there's, I mean, there's variously um, concern that he could go because because of the England position. But um, you know, he's certainly he's talked on various interviews now? about how committed he is to the team. It's the only team he knows. Uh, the only team he wants to. Uh, that he's ever played for, um, so uh, you know he, he looks like he has a good time um, as part of the squad. Good you is. think he would want to stay? How old is he now? Thirty-one. Yeah, so he's not going to be around for the next World Cup. No, he's which means. Not... So I mean, he's he might as well go and get paid at like go to japan or something for a year or two and make some proper bunts because saris are always going to leave the door open go go and make some money for a couple of years and come back for the next world cup cycle two years in i think he'll wait a little while just because there's still european cups and premiership i I think he would want to still stay you know he's he's he'll clock up 300 appearances hopefully next season he's about five short at the moment or so five or six short um and, you know, he, he clearly, he's playing with his mates. You know, you see him out last night wearing a nun's habit and cross, um, changed from the red outfit this time. Um, but, you know, he looks like he, he just has a really good time with his mates. You know, he's very much... And all the outside business interests that keep him, uh, keep him in Guinness. I mean, I mean you've, <laughs> you've, got, you've got daily coming, haven't you? But, yeah. you know, surely the, the plan there is Lazowski moves inside as Barrett sort of gets more and more injury prone. And then 
Daly's going to play um, at 13, I would imagine. And if he's not playing at 13, he'd probably fit on Maitland's wing, I guess. Um, and there's Nick Tompkins as well. You know, they've got sort of certainly some options for centre. I think Barrett's got one year left on his contract, I think, from the, the previous one he signed. Um, you know, whether he can keep going any longer than that. Um, I, mean, I, don't know, I think it's just to give plenty of options in the squad. Injuries happen during the year and you just, it's not, whilst they can, uh, whilst they're able to fit it inside the salary cap, uh, it's good to have these options. <laughs> 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 oh wow I thought Doug was going to explode um, yeah, well they can fit it inside the salary cap Mark, Mark Wilson ought to fit in there quite nicely in that salary cap as well shouldn't he mate they can fit Cristiano Ronaldo in their salary cap <laughs> seriously oh. um, yeah, well that is the latest, latest rumour is Wilson coming as well so um, have you heard that one Doug yeah, yeah I've heard that uh, yeah Wilson, Rhodes and Vunapola would be some back row, wouldn't it? I'd like yeah. to see that. Yeah, I'd love to see that. <laughs> well, Rhodes can... Um, the Rhodes. same way I'd Wilson love to come... spend the next five years cracking my shins on those old metal cycle pedals. <laughs> <laughs> the really spiky ones. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Um, but Matt Wilson could could do a great job coming in to to replace the the banter train at Northampton. Now he's retired, you know he put in a, a huge shift for them this season. <laughs> <laughs> what was the point, man? What was the point of that? Um, just getting a clapped out James Haskell. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh wow. Okay. <sighs> yeah. So. Any uh, any more rugby related stuff you guys want to talk about? Uh, there was something, but that's, I can't that's remember a great it. that's a great podcast noise for the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Three people have gone deaf. I think the next all over podcast live rugby we should go and watch is next year's Twickenham Sevens on the specifically the Saturday. Why is that, mate? Just uh, quite a lot to watch. Yeah. In general, just everywhere you look. For fancy dress, rugby, yeah. beer. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's I watched amazing. a bloke uh, in a group of. There was a group of lads in bath shirts with blue faces and all that kind of stuff. I watched uh, that guy, one of those guys, try for a good 15 minutes to get this little blonde girl to kiss him. She was having none of it, mate. It was so funny. <laughs> he was trying so hard. Honestly, it was more entertaining than a rugby. <laughs> what was that like a kiss cam like at the NBA? Or whatever? No, no, or just, no. Just I just decided I, I wanted to watch that more than the rugby. So just film that for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> he kept leaning in. He kept leaning in. She kept letting him get progressively closer and then just pulling away. <laughs> in the end, he gave up. It was so funny. Uh, yeah. Um, fantastic. James, anything from you? I was going to ask you what you thought about the Rugby X format. The tickets went on sale um, earlier last week, I think. Um, I think it, at the O2 in London, October. I'm pissed off that it's Rugby X. Surely it should be Rugby V. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know. And it's... I, I can, I can uh, say now that I... 
I uh, participated in the TV trial for that about a year and a half ago. All oh, right. Okay. I How was, did it go? Uh, I, I think I signed an NDA about it. Um, I mean, it was with the England Sevens team, and it was, you know, is you know, it's five players playing rugby. I mean, I'm just not interested. No. I'd rather watch a live stream of Doug setting up his cameras. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I'd rather watch 50cc unicycle racing. <laughs> oh, is this, gonna be, is this gonna be the hashtag for the week? Thing things I'd rather see, or um... <laughs> so things I'd rather watch than, than rugby X. I'd rather watch an endless cycle of foul play gifts posted uh, yeah. by Munster yeah. fans. Yeah, I'd rather be forced to read tweets from angry Irishmen after rugby matches. For the next three days, <laughs> I'd rather read Alison Pollock's PhD thesis on why rugby is a bad sport for bad people. All right, stay on, Ben. Let's not go too far. <laughs> I'd, I'd rather, I'd rather watch a live stream of Andy Good's political opinions. <laughs> <laughs> Do you I just thought, it? I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> oh well, there you go. I think that that's kind of answered that question, James. <laughs> you know, you know the problem is they they sort of came up with the best format of rugby yeah. quite cool. a few years ago. <laughs> like, stop trying to improve it; it's not going to happen. Right, you know, like cricket, what, cricket, hungry tank, wonders. And why do they keep? Cricket. Why do they keep making it with less players? Why not play rugby thirties, thirty aside, with 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 sixteen men scrums and three balls? Yeah. <laughs> Four tri-lines. Three tri-lines. Hexagonal pitches with tri-lines all over the gaff. Niche (laughs) reference, but it'd be like St. Colin Major on a bank holiday, wouldn't it, Russ? Oh, uh, the silver ball. Yeah. What's that? that? Oh, Uh, it's it's basically... So it's like a hurling. So they've got this metal silver ball. It's, it's, It's pretty heavy as well, by all accounts. And they have to get the ball from one end of town to the other, pretty much. Um, but the, there is literally war, like two <laughs> two teams of infinite people, infinite amounts of people, to try and throw this ball and rugby tackle each other and punch each other and fight to get. And they're the ball. all related. Yeah. <laughs> what happens, mate? The silver the silver ball St. Column hurling is one of the most ridiculous. If you haven't seen it, have a look on. Um, online there there's a similar thing in gloucestershire i think and the, like a um and and there's all sorts of videos of people kicking off left right and center it's good fun i wouldn't ever participate because i'm a bit of a pussy so <laughs> um yeah so that's that's it rugby season for there was one thing i was gonna ask you about, about um whether extra fans should choose to play golf over watching their team in the final and whether that was a uh, a good move. Oh, that, this is awkward, isn't it? Um, <laughs> yes, having watched the game back on on replay, um, I did actually miss the final on Saturday because I was playing golf in the uh, hashtag BGH Golf Championships, which is the society I play in. There was twenty two of us playing better ball on uh, on Saturday, and uh, yeah, took it home, didn't I? Won the jug. So bored already. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> and I took it home, yeah. Winner. BGH champion. It, you yawn. 
<laughs> golf noise. <laughs> Russ is saw my golf pod instead. <laughs> wow. So, so James, you've you've just hit up on something there. The long putter pod. The long putter pod. The belly putter pod. Um, we are branching out this summer. Um, we've talked about it for a while. So, um, Ben, Doug, myself, uh, Adam Foxcroft from the Long Snapper podcast, and anybody else really that wants to join in. Um, the Long Leg podcast is coming. It's going to be proper. We've got our own handle. We've got our own hosting. It's all sorted out. I think we're probably going to record something tomorrow, uh, talking about the Cricket World Cup, uh, Doug's hatred of overrates, and um, obviously the Ashes to come later in the summer. So, yeah. The long, uh, if you if you like cricket, make sure you follow uh, leg underscore podcast, which is the handle for the the long leg pod, and uh, and we'll hopefully have some content for you later on this week. Um, so yeah, that that'll well, be my. If you don't, and you just want to hear me taking the piss out of Russ some more, then you know, <laughs> just uh, doing it now. <laughs> if, you miss, if you miss if you miss us from our rugby uh, ramblings, then uh, then you'll be able to find us talking about some cricket over the summer. Because obviously we love each other that much. We just have to get together once a week and, and have a chat so you can all listen to it. Um, there is a fabulous tournament you could drop in as well. You could talk about the um, the Super Series, the Women's Rugby Series over in America uh, in, in back end of June, July. Should be fantastic. It's on Sky Sports. Um, we are really good um, entertaining rugby tour. Cool. Well, we'll make sure that uh, make sure we get on that. Have you uh, you got any any other business for us this week, James? Uh, well, just make slightly about talking of women's rugby and the Barbarians game. It's just sort of a, it's a double header being played at Twickenham on Sunday. Um, a bit unfortunate that the RFU, having extended that idea, then fails to include the women's game on the tickets or in the programme. There's no profiles of any of the players in the programmes. And um, uh the newspaper coverage today, the Times gives it, I think, 36 words, um, which is pretty poor. And I think it, you know, just it would be good to see a little bit more, a lot more coverage of the women's game next year um, and uh, next season and just promote it. It's, you know, it's, it's growing. It's not the same size, not the same money, same interest levels yet across the country or participation as the men's game. But um, it'd be good to see a lot more. A lot more coverage of the women's game. Obviously, Saracens have been very successful this year. Um, so, you know, really enjoying that. That's another tournament we won, Doug, by the way. Um, and um, uh... <laughs> if if you could ever if you could ever if you could ever hear an eye roll, that's what, <laughs> what you just got. But yeah, I re- recommend that. It'd be good to you know next year if you it'd be good to focus a little bit on the women's rugby as well. There's some really good stories in the game. And uh, some great entertainment to be had. Cool, thank you very much. I think with the women's game definitely growing, and then it's it's getting bigger and bigger every season. It's just taking a little bit of time, isn't it? Yeah. Ben, any other business? <clears throat> yeah, I um I went out and watched the um the football European Cup final on Saturday night. Not the best game, but good win for Liverpool. I'm sure you enjoyed it as much as I did, Russ. It's been a really bad weekend for me, other than my own personal triumphs. Um, <laughs> triumphs. Uh, Tottenham, Tottenham losing, Exeter lost, England lost to Pakistan in the cricket today as well. Yeah, it's been uh, it's 
been a difficult one. But go on. Filled with pity for you, mate. Um, so a group of us went to the walkabout and it was a good atmosphere and and only one person got thrown out by the bouncers, which for Nuki walkabouts, a bit of a result. Um, but this whole beer throwing thing that started in the last World Cup, it, it's incredibly annoying because Liverpool scored after, what was it, two minutes? At which point, about 40 pints of beer just somersaulted through the air. So everyone sprayed in booze. But right above my head was an air conditioning unit. So a pint of beer hit that, spilt inside the air conditioning unit, and then dripped on my head for the next hour. <laughs> Why didn't you move? Yeah. Because cause there was no room to move. It was absolutely packed. But, but what kind of absolute Neanderthal queues for 15 minutes for a pint? And then throws it up in the air. Football fans. I will tell you, actually, one mm-hmm. of the Neanderthals was one of the guys I was with who threw two pints up in the air. And uh, as someone pointed out, not one of them was his. <laughs> um, <laughs> big shout outs for pronouncing Neanderthals properly. Thanks, mate. Well done. I'm better at scientific words than South Sea Island names. I'll, I'll level with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome to the long pronunciation podcast. <laughs> the, the long anthropology podcast. Fantastic. Oh, well, nice one, Ben. Thanks for that. Doug, bring us home with some any other business. I'm sure you've got something. Uh, a couple of TV shows to recommend for you, for your little eyeballs. Uh, Love Island. No, no. Um, yes. <laughs> hurry up, because Love Island is I'm, I'm, I'm watching it now. Shouts to all the lads that are over there working on it. Um, I'd, I'd rather watch Rugby X than Love Island. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's close. Um, I'm sat in the dark here. So you're probably already on this one, but Chernobyl is uh, <laughs> a remarkable piece of television. Can I, can I drop in an inevitable joke? Yeah. Why you should never uh, buy underpants from East from Ukraine? Go on. Chernobyl fallout. <laughs> Great banter. Great banter. Um, no, it's a five-part miniseries. It's um, beautifully shot, beautifully made, well written, um, and quite scary at the same time. Just how close we all came to disaster. I'm not sure the full effects of that will be known for quite some time, but. Um, not the TV series, the actual accident, obviously. Uh, the effects of the TV series were mild entertainment and pleasure. Um, so there's that one. And then I stumbled across a show called Barry. Barry? Uh, if you've got Sky and you've got the catch-up box sets uh, thing on that, just do yourself a little favour. I'm not going to explain too much about it. It's got... Um, uh a guy oh what's his name i always do this uh i will endeavor to find his name out while i'm explaining the premise of the show come on um he's a a former saturday night live uh guy bill hader bill hader um so he is a hitman who gets sent to kill a, a, a budding actor in los angeles who is sleeping with the wife of a uh, Chechen um, gangster. And uh, while he's on this job, he stumbles into acting. And it's really dark and quite, you know, 
when the laughs come, they are very, very like vociferous laughs. But the subject matter is quite dark. But it's um, a really, really good series. So I can't recommend it enough based off the first two or three episodes. So uh, there's that. And then uh, just shouts, shouts to the Smurfette who will be listening. The Smurfette. Just saying. Who's the Smurfette, mate? Uh, they, they will know. Well, that's that's good. Did 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 you tell her that you were kind of a big deal on a podcast? <laughs> no need, mate. It's on my it's on my bio. <laughs> did she did, did she look you up? Yeah, I've got a trophy I'm... named after me, love. <laughs> mate, you get more and more impressive every day. <laughs> right. Well, I guess that's it, James. Thanks very much for joining us again. Um, Thank you. Congratulations to Saracens on a, yeah. a great performance, a great if season. If I have to watch another one of those dressing room videos, I'm going to vomit until my lungs come out of my earlobes. Oh, I'm just e- emailing it to you now. <laughs> Is that the Tiki Tiki Tonga shit? Oh, Jesus Christ. No more. No more Tongas, man. No. Get racist. Just, just win and act like you've done it before, which you have many times. Oh, and on that note, we'll uh, we'll get out of here. It's been great season, um, some highs, some lows, but we'll be back next season, I guess, talking about more rugby. Um, yeah, go well. Seb Saracens. Podcast Network.